We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Fay hitting with a solo recap of the Nets loss to the Bucks, 113-118. Very strange game. We're going to jump into that and plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. Also give us a follow on Instagram at Brooklyn Buzz Pod. But as I mentioned, just uh, strange circumstances and decisions from the Nets in this one. Um, obviously, you decided to utilize this as a rest night. Uh, the first night of a back-to-back tonight against the Bucks, obviously, and tomorrow against the Timberwolves. Rested Cam Johnson, Spencer Dinwiddie, Nick Claxton, and Royce O'Neal. Ben Simmons still misses game with injury. But Dorian Finney-Smith and Mikel Bridges both still played. And Joe Harris, Seth Curry also played, but only in the first quarter. So you had Mikel Bridges... Dorian Finney-Smith, Joe Harris, and Seth Curry essentially just being first-quarter players and not seeing the rest of the game. Uh, Vaughn essentially elected to go with Noel, Daron Sharp, Cam Thomas, Utah Watanabe, Edmund Sumner, Patty Mills, David Duke Jr., and Drew Smith the rest of the way. Uh, When that full transition happened to going essentially fully with the bench lineup, I think you saw the energy and effort kind of pick up, given it felt like a lot of the rotation guys that played early on knew this was a scheduled loss where the bench unit and the end of the bench guys came in and said, hey, we're going to take advantage of this opportunity. You saw guys play really well with a lot of energy and effort and just kind of take advantage of a Bucks team that was sleeping on them. Ultimately, down the stretch wasn't enough. A lot of that defensively, and I know some people on Twitter posted the idea, would it have made sense for Vaughn to bring in Mikel and DFS down the stretch to help with the defense and give you a real opportunity to steal the game? You know, I think that's a that's a fair critique and something that, you know, could end up hurting, hurting the Nets down the line. We have no idea if they would have won this game, but still only a game behind the Knicks right now, game and a half technically because they're playing as I'm recording. I think, you know, a two or three up on the Hawks and the Heat. So every game really matters down the stretch. Definitely a decision I think you could look back to and wonder, could they have stole this one? Could the defense of Mikel Bridges and DFS help them? But at the end of the day, wasn't enough. They had the shots. They had the opportunities. And a big reason for that was Cam Thomas and the way that a lot of these bench guards played. And the way we're going to look at this podcast tonight is a little different than our typical show, just given, as I mentioned, the weird circumstances and the idea of winning almost 
not being the case before the tip-off with the Nets' decisions and the way they elected to go with this one and probably putting some pressure on tomorrow's game. But that's that's for tomorrow's podcast. But we'll start with Cam Thomas, finished with 21 points, 7 of 13 from the field, 3 of 6 from 3, 4 of 4 from the free throw line, 4 rebounds, 0 assists, 0 steals, 0 blocks, 2 turnovers. Um, Cam really had a super hot stretch where he showcased his offensive talent when he scored 11 straight points for the Nets in the fourth quarter down the stretch and really almost stole the game. And obviously we know the offensive skill set. We know the step back threes. We know the mid range game. We know the ability to break down his defender and get in the lane. But what really stuck out to me for cam was his ability to attack Brooke Lopez and attack Brooke in a way that got him free throws. You know, we saw the rest of the Nets team struggle attacking Brooke, and Brooke had a career-high nine blocks. And a lot of that was his great defensive play, but also bad decisions from a lot of undersized Nets guards who tried to go straight at arguably the best rim protector in the league. And what I love from Cam is the angle in which he attacked Brooke and also his ability to force Brooke to hesitate or commit too early to his shot. And that's what ended up getting him, you know, four free throw attempts, all against Brooke Lopez. And as I mentioned, you know, arguably best rim protector in the league and a guy who has a really good chance at winning defensive player of the year this season. So Cam showcasing that I think is huge. And it just goes to show the level of offensive polish he has in his game and his understanding of his opponent. And I think a lot of other Nets could could benefit from that understanding, uh, specifically his rookie classmate and Dayron Sharp, but we'll get to him in a little bit. Getting back to Cam, I think, again, you don't learn too much about him, but it just kind of adds on to who he is and how he can help this team, especially in those stagnant stretches or fourth quarter stretches where they need a bucket. You know, we know that Mikel is ascending into that position. We know what Spencer has done in the past, but I think Cam has the ability to really help that help the team in that area. And there's no reason they shouldn't be able to protect him with a lot of the defensive players they have on this roster. And also the argument that his defense isn't good enough to be out there. Seth Curry plays for this team, and it's not to you know demolish Seth, but. He's as bad a defender in the NBA as you'll see. He just, you know, I don't know if it's his ankle, it's his health. He just does not move very well on the floor. And a lot of Cam Thomas's issue really isn't necessarily physical. It's a lot of lack of understanding of, you know, NBA defenses and where he needs to be and just kind of processing all that information. And the best way to really take steps in that area is get minutes. And I think that's what's so frustrating with the Cam thing is because you see the potential and how he could have a positive impact in the short term and the long term. And tonight would have been a great opportunity to just give him, you know, 30, 32 minutes and let him go to work and see if maybe he could drop another 30 or 40 piece. But the Nets elect to, you know, not utilize him and develop him to the the full extent. And it, it definitely makes you wonder, you know, what the Nets future plans are with Cam Thomas. Is he going to be a long-term piece? Is he going to be someone they look to move for a draft pick or in a bigger trade package? Who really knows? But, you know, credit him for just coming in and doing his thing and looking the best when he's in a role that he's successful in, and that's scoring the basketball. And obviously there has to be an expansion and development to his playmaking, creating for others, but another skill that is a lot easier to develop with reps on the floor. So we'll see what happens with his future with the Nets and what his minute count looks like moving forward for this team. But another guy we got to see tonight, uh, Edmund Sumner, Finished with nine points, two of seven from the field, one of two from three, four of four from the free throw line, one rebound, two assists, and did have one steal. 
And Sumner, I think you could also see his role on the team and how he should probably play over probably a guy like Seth Curry or Joe Harris at times is his ability to get downhill and really just create something out of nothing. And as he develops further, I think, you know, kicking out to the corner and setting up some of those three-point shooters would be huge. But at the end of the day, even small stints of Edmund Sumner, who only played 13 minutes this game, could help the team with the energy and tenacity and also giving you, I think, a solid guard defender, you know, a substantially better guard defender than some of the guys that have been in the rotation and just another element that you could have on this roster that could be utilized further. And another guy who only played 13 minutes tonight. Moving over to Patty Mills. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Patty Mills played 31 minutes, finished with 23 points, 8 of 16 from the field, 5 of 9 from 3, 2 of 2 from the free throw line, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, 4 turnovers, and was plus 15. I mean, these are the type of games that Patty can shine in. We know where he's at at this point in the career. He's more of a veteran leader, a locker room presence than a guy that's going to have an impact on a regular night in the NBA. And when his number's called, though, he'll come in and be professional and step up, and that's what we saw tonight. You know, finished with, as I mentioned, the 23 points, knocked down some big threes, had a play in this game where he cooked Drew Holiday and scored over Brooke Lopez, probably his highlight of the season right there, but... Uh, again, you respect him for his professionalism and just coming in and being ready and just playing with really good energy and, you know, knocked down a lot of shots in this one. He was a big reason the Nets had a chance to steal this game. Uh, moving over to another player we saw for the first time in a while, David Duke Jr. Finished with 13 points, 6 of 11 from the field, 1 of 2 from 3, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal. 
David Duke Jr., you're starting to see some of the improvements in his game. I think the jumper is always going to be, you know, that that skill that gets him over the top and really solidifies him as a full-time NBA player. But you love his his energy and his effort and his ability to get downhill. You saw a crazy dunk in this game where he just went up and threw it down. But also, I thought some of his defense on Chris Middleton in that fourth quarter was really good, especially when he got put onto an island a couple times. So DDJ obviously developing pretty nicely, in the, and we'll see how that jumper progresses over this summer. I think that's going to be a mark that if he can develop that three-point ball this summer, he could potentially be an NBA player for the Nets next season. You know, and that's that's a big if, and it's something that we have yet to see. Uh, talking about a guy who's trying to become a full-time NBA player, Drew Smith played 23 minutes in this one, finished with 17 points, 7 of 13 from the field, 2 of 6 from 3, 1 of 1 from the free throw line, 2 rebounds, 4 assists. I think Drew, this is the most comfortable he's looked in a Nets uniform. Uh, that was able to knock down two threes in this one, but also showcase some ability to score inside the paint, get downhill, use his tempo to really set up himself and his teammates. This is probably, you know, the most promise. I think uh, you look at him long term, it's probably more so a career backup point guard, but that's still somebody that could be something in the NBA. And like I said, this is probably the most promise he showed in a Nets uniform. We'll see how that kind of develops moving forward. Also, I thought defensively was able to just be very active and impact a lot of shots at the rim, which is not something you typically say for an undersized guard. But moving over to Utah Watanabe, uh, Utah did not shoot great in this game. Finished with four points, one of six from the field, 0 of four from three, two of two from the free throw line, but did have 10 rebounds, one assist, one steal, and two turnovers. Uh, Utah obviously would have loved to shoot better, but I think it is tough to stay hot when you're in and out of the rotation and coming back from an injury. But you love the fact he had 10 boards, especially because that's something that the Nets have struggled with, not just this season, but over the course of the last couple of years. And him coming in with some of those small ball lineups or playing next to, you know, Clax or Noel can provide you another guy that can just have an impact on the boards. He's not an amazing rebounder, but he's a plus rebounder and a guy that can at least help you grab a couple more here or there, which is, you know, if you have another Utah in this game, maybe you win because, you know, the Bucks had 20 offensive rebounds in this game. And that was a big reason that they were able to come away with the W and the Nets weren't. So, Yuta, I think, did enough to make Vaughn have to consider about getting him back in the rotation, even with you know the off-shooting night. So, so far, we talked about Yuta, Cam, and Sumner, all doing, I thought, enough tonight to make Vaughn have to consider about swapping somebody out or finding minutes for them because of the ways they're able to impact the game, you know, especially Sumner and Utah, eh, without scoring. Those guys are able to do things that are a plus for the team that they're going to need during stagnant stretches. And then also Cam, because of what he can do to end a stagnant stretch of his offensive ability and just get hot. You know, you're playing great defense and you have a Cam Thomas 10-point run. That might be enough to help you win a game or solidify winning a quarter, which ultimately is the goal um, every game. You know, win, win every quarter, win the game. You know, win three or four quarters, probably going to win the game. And I think Cam Thomas has shown ability to impact the game in spurts where he doesn't necessarily have to be you know playing the, the largest chunk of minutes but send him in the game for an you know x amount of time and let him do his thing 
it might end up having really good results. But uh, touching on the you know final two guys of the night, Dayron Sharp finished with 11 points, 5 of 13 from the field, 1 of 1 from the free throw line, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, 1 block, 2 turnovers. Uh, obviously, if you listen to this podcast before, not necessarily the biggest Dayron Sharp fan. I think uh, you like the energy and effort he plays with, but there's just a lot of limitations in his game. And I think they stuck out tonight with his lack of length. And even you know a guy that's supposed to be a really good rebounder, the Nets got out-rebounded the majority of the time he was on the floor. You know, when he's not able to physically dominate his opponent, he's probably close closer to an average rebounder. And Brooke Lopez, obviously bigger than him, probably weight-wise and obviously length and height-wise, was able to get enough offensive boards and really help, help the Bucs win the game. Five offensive boards for Brooke, three for Bobby Portis, you know, and that's an area you'd love to see Dayron clean up if he's in the game. You know, that's supposed to be his selling skill is that he's an elite rebounder. And I think that's definitely in question. And I think there's definitely question marks about him moving forward in, you know, what type of NBA center he can truly be down the line. And talking about Nerlens Noel, who we saw a little bit more tonight, 18 minutes, finished with zero points, 0-3 from the field, six rebounds, three assists, one steal, one block, two turnovers. Noel you kind of saw a lot of the reason why he didn't play this season and why, you know, teams weren't aggressively trying to pursue him. He's solid in terms of, you know, impacting shots, using his length to protect the rim Uh, offensively, very limited, gets moved off his spots because of his lack of weight and doesn't necessarily have uh, much of an offensive bag. And defensively, I thought he just looked very lost in terms of what the Nets we're expecting from him, which isn't very surprising given he's been on the team for less than a week. So overall, you know, there were some positives to take away from guys that don't typically get minutes and maybe make Vaughn reconsider about putting them in the rotation. But at the end of the day, another Nets loss and and, and they need to bounce back tomorrow against the Timberwolves. They need to find a way to win that game after electing to rest multiple players tonight and potentially lose a chance to beat the Bucks, who ended up resting Giannis Antetokounmpo. So we'll see what happens the rest of the road trip. Every game clearly matters. But as always, big thanks, everybody, for listening. Check the buzz on all stream platforms.